Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank. Banking with greater momentum. At B1Bank.com. From Mansour's on the Boulevard, we're out to lunch with Stephanie Regal. Stephanie Regal is a broadcaster and editor of Baton Rouge Business Report. It's business Baton Rouge style. Hi, I'm Stephanie Regal. Welcome to Out to Lunch. They often say about South Louisiana that we don't just eat to live, we live to eat. Well, my guests today have taken that passion we have here for food and turned it into a business enterprise. Ryan McNeil is the founder and co-owner of Fresh Kitchen, a growing company that sells freshly prepared, prepackaged, and healthful meals from two Baton Rouge locations. Fresh Kitchen has only been open a little over a year, and already it is expanding with plans to open still more stores in the future. Ryan, thanks for being here today. Welcome hey, to Out to Lunch. Hey, Stephanie, thank you. Well, while Ryan is selling fresh, healthy meals that are already prepared, my next guest is selling a cookbook with ideas for how you can prepare your own meals built around the seasons in South Louisiana. Five seasons, and we'll let her explain what that means in a minute. In conjunction with her book, her company, Five Seasons, also offers event styling assistance and help planning meals and feasts. It's a great concept, and I'm sure a whole lot of fun. Erin Nugent is the co-founder of Five Seasons, the company and the book by the same name. Yes. Got it straight, right? Yes, that's Okay, right. good. Well, Erin, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thanks for having me. Well, Ryan, I want to start with you. You make fresh, healthful meals every day. Y'all include calorie counts, nutritional information, and you do it all with a staff of how many? Well, in the kitchen, we have about six people every day. Uh, and then the stores, we average about, you know, one or two people on staff every day in the store. So it's a good kind of split between both the retail side and the culinary side. Yeah, so so you have a corporate kitchen where you make all your meals? That's right, yeah. So we, uh, we were lucky enough to find a... Um, uh, a kitchen in the back of the industrialplex area that had been uh, built a couple years ago for a restaurant turned out to be not the best location for a restaurant turned out to be the best location possible for a commissary which is what we do there so we do all the production there every day uh, and we deliver from there to our two stores uh, throughout the day how many meals or different menus I guess a day I mean how many different meals on a menu for a day it th we have about 30 menu items altogether uh, and the average production day would include about 18 or 19 of those items on uh, on average. Some days it's 20, some days it's 10, but on average it's about 17 or 18 menu items per day that they're producing out of the That's kitchen. That's an awful lot of food, an awful lot of cooking, and it, an awful lot of balls to keep in the air, right? It is. It's a lot. It's a lot. And that's what keeps us alive and running. So tell me, let's back up a little bit. Tell me about the concept and who you're targeting and how y'all came up with the idea for this market. So the concept is based on, as you mentioned earlier, just healthfully prepared meals. And so what we do is we take 
any menu item and we make everything from scratch. And what we do is we, we really use, we focus on using clean ingredients. We use uh, the cleanest cooking methods that we can, that we can come up with. So no fryers, uh, no fatty oils. You know, we pay attention to every single ingredient that goes into each one of our meals. And then we just portion it out in a, in a good kind of balanced way. So the typical meal would have three or four ounces of protein, three or four ounces of a vegetable, and another three or four ounces of a vegetable. So you have a well-rounded meal. And then you, you're going after the busy professional market, the what we used to call yuppies, I guess they're millennials now, uh, the baby, I mean the baby right. boomers, everybody. Yeah, and I mean if you look at our store on a daily basis, it's everything from you know, people who've cooked their entire lives who just don't want to cook anymore, or it's the young college kid who is coming in and just trying to eat healthy, because this younger generation is really focused on clean and healthy and unprocessed. So you really kind of get this just genuine mix between all ends of the spectrum. I want to talk now, visit with, with Aaron for a minute. You're in a different side of the food business, a cookbook. It's a great idea. Now that's not what makes you so unique though. It's, it's the concept behind your cookbook, this idea of five seasons. Tell us exactly what, is, what do y'all mean by five seasons? And I say y'all because you have a, a co-founder, right? Yes, my co-founder is Lauren Beth Landry. Um, each recipe has been carefully placed into the season in which the main ingredient is harvested. And the fifth season is a collection of our year-round classics. So my favorite recipe from that season is actually a drink. It's called the Coco Rita. <laughs> and it's tequila, lime, and coconut. And it's fantastic. So it doesn't really fit within a traditional season. In Louisiana, we live in this like very seasonal culture where there's hunting seasons and crawfish season. And so we started um, just playing around with really hyper seasonal ingredients and cooking them in a variety of ways. Like the fig, for instance, is such a classic Louisiana ingredient. Right. And then our husband suggested that we start writing these recipes down. <laughs> so Okay, so it was actually your husband's idea. Yes, it was our husband's idea. We were sitting at Chelsea's one night and they're like, you guys got to start writing these recipes down. And so that was May of 2014. And so now here we Just are. Just a little over a year. Yes. It's a beautiful book. Who, Thank you. who published it for you? We self-published it. Really? Yes. We did everything except the Jeannie Fry Rhodes did the cover photography and then Leanne Chatonier, she's a um, food blogger and did some styling for anthropology. She did many, most of the interior photos. But for y'all, the book is sort of the launching off point for a bigger venture. Yes. That is about what exactly? We're hoping to develop this into a brand which is focused on seasonal entertaining and eventually in the book we have our five seasoning and it's a seasoning mix which is really delicious too so we're hoping to package that eventually and um, to see what it goes from there. Like you said, we do do event styling and we like to incorporate all really fresh seasonal stuff like we're doing something coming up, we're going to use a lot of pumpkins, and a lot of fresh foliage and so. And then how are y'all getting the word out? You're doing demonstrations at the farmer's market, book signing, things like that? Yes, we're doing, we've got a demonstration at the Baton Rouge Farmer's Market coming up. Um, we've had a number of book signings. We had a release party at Mint um, in Baton Rouge, which is actually next door to Mansur's. <laughs> um, and so we've got a number of book signings in various cities, including Houston, Austin, Dallas, New Orleans. So our schedule is pretty packed. And then through social media, of course, Instagram. Now, now when y'all started this, I mean, did you sit down and come up with a long-range business plan, or was this sort of by the seat of your pants? We did come sit down and have a long-range business plan developed. Um, we knew that we wanted to start in the event space with styling to start getting our name out there, that the book would be our anchor product, but then ultimately we're hoping 
to develop, um, you know, a line of not cook, serveware okay. um, to package the seasoning mix. And, you know, that's a few years down the road. But the book is our anchor, but we're hoping to use that as a springboard for larger venture. So I want to ask you and Ryan both, because there are so many food entrepreneurs in the city, from mm -hmm. the pop-up restaurants to the food trucks yeah. to the cupcake bars, the mm -hmm. salad dressing yeah. guy. I mean, everybody's doing... But, you know, I guess, is there a, a limitless market for food here if you come up with the right idea? That's I it. So. I mean, creativity, <laughs> right? Yeah. If you have something that's creative and different. And not only that, I think if you really put full effort into mm -hmm. it and just being genuine with it, I think you have a lot of potential to do whatever in this city. I think so, too. Well, And people love to eat. And like Ryan was saying, people are so much more focused on eating ingredients and non-processed food and eating yeah. fresh. So... Mm -hmm. um, I think that it is limitless to an extent. And so y'all are both, and, and, and the healthfulness, the, I, I didn't hear the word organic, but I heard you use the word clean several times, yeah. and, and fresh, y'all have been using that word a lot. Mm -hmm. That's much more important today than even just 10 years ago, mm -hmm. is it not? Absolutely, yeah, and, and it really is. Uh, it's a wave. If you look at this younger generation, I'm telling you, it is a wave. I think you're maybe a member of the younger generation, <laughs> right? I'm talking younger yeah, than both are. Let's talk yeah. about the kids in college okay. and yeah, in their 20s, you know? No, this I mean, is true. I have a daughter that age. It's and incredible. She's I mean, they totally come in well-versed. They it's know what's wonderful. up with the clean, and and that's kind of having an upward trickle, I would say, mm -hmm. to the older generation. Mm -hmm. You know, some of their, they're listening to their kids talk about this. And Interesting. Saying, right. So and it's different about, than right. What about us? You know, so. And and, I mean, I, I worked in food a bit. I did some food writing. I was food editor at the Advocate for a year, and even then, just five years ago. I'd get a lot of resistance and pushback from the older readers who did not want to read about kale or quinoa <laughs> or when I, would, I did a whole feature on raw cooking and people were outraged, like mutiny, you know, yeah. get rid of this, this radical. But it's starting to change a little bit. We're more resistant to it here in Louisiana though than if we were in California or right. Austin or someplace, don't Absolutely. you think? I think, and there's a recipe in our book, it's a there's it's a baked shrimp and a warm kale salad. And I think people don't realize, and like Ryan has in their store, um, that there are ways to make these really healthy ingredients so flavorful without adding a lot of fat and a lot of salt, yeah. you know? So um, there's ways to eat healthy while still really enjoying the food. You don't have to cut back on the enjoyment of it. No, and you can still keep the eat flavor healthily. going. Well, right. speaking of good flavor, I want to introduce y'all to Malcolm Young, who is also joining us today. And like y'all, Malcolm is a food entrepreneur with a loyal following, and he knows something about fresh, healthy cooking. He's the creator of Malco's Magnificent Salsa, a fresh salsa that he started making out of his kitchen and is now producing for local grocery stores, specialty stores, and the Red Stick Farmer's Market, where he regularly sells out on Saturday mornings. So Malcolm, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you, Stephanie. And it's a pleasure to be with you today. Salsa was not your day job. You were a busy professional with a downtown office job, traveling to Washington, D.C. all the time, and this was just a hobby, and Absolutely. your friends said, you got to make us more of it. How well, that's exactly what happened. Uh, some of my co-workers across the country, I had taken a thermos of Malco's <laughs> with me on a ski trip, and they, throughout the night, they said, you have to go into, you have to do this as a business. And that's how it actually started. How many years ago was that? That was uh, probably six years ago. Okay. And I came back, talked to my wife, Patty, and uh, she said, if you want to do this, do it. And we started out with one specialty kitchen store and it was very popular sold out every single week 
from that, we went to the farmer's market. We've been there five years, and we are now, we've grown to nine specialty grocery stores in the Baton Rouge area, and we're in six specialty grocery stores now in New Orleans. Fantastic. And so the New Orleans expansion, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's a new thing? It is. In fact, uh, just two weeks ago, I received a phone call from uh, Bromart in uh, New Orleans, and after they took one taste, they said, can you come back by Wednesday and stock all of our stores? Well, Malcolm, that's it, fantastic. Congratulations. And, and the exciting thing about the grocery stores, it's all been word of mouth. Uh, I've not gone directly to them and said, will you carry this product? So obviously my following and my customer base has been very loyal. And I, and I have to say, as Ryan and Aaron talked about, uh, you know, the, the cleanliness and the, uh, the quality. Malco's is all about a quality product. Mm -hmm. And I'm very, very picky about the, the quality uh, ingredients that go into right. that all product. All fresh, all natural. Every single week. And I'm is it still all made by you by hand or do you have any help yet? No, ma'am. Wow. Uh, it, it's me. Uh, Patty so is my marketing agent and uh, my accountant. But, you know, that that's why I, I love I love to cook it, and, and I absolutely love to be a chef. Well, how much do you produce a week now that you're in 15 <coughs> stores, if my math is correct? We do correct. about 200 jars. We actually sell about 200 jars a week. So has your, your business experience and background helped you in this food entrepreneur environment? Oh, absolutely. Because, if, you know, it's all about what I have found with, with our product. It's all about personal service. And then take, you know, take, I mean, there, if you look at Calandro's, for example, or some of the other specialty grocery stores, there's 60 different kinds of salsas. 60? That they, 60 Just in that least. one supermarket? Yes. I wow. counted one night. And, <laughs> and if you actually look at that, you have to make yours different. And it's all about the experience of tasting it for the first time and getting people hooked on uh, that product. And I guess you've probably found that as well, Ryan. I mean... Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we, we we get some skeptical eyes that come in our stores pretty often, and we'll do some some sampling from time to time, and and it's amazing. Like Mr. Malcolm the Sand, as soon as they try, it, it's like, okay, now we're on to something. Now we can now we can kind of trust this product to know that there's flavor, there's there's quality there, you know. Now I would imagine, in when the case of both of y'all, the the biggest challenge or one of the biggest challenges certainly would be just you know, balancing the inventory with the with the fresh products that you need and, and making it all work. I mean, you know, how do you know how much to, to order and, and dealing with it before it starts to spoil or go bad? I mean, yeah, that's, that's got to be tough, huh? That's our biggest challenge. It, it really is our challenge. Uh, and, and, I mean, every day I start at 5.30 in the morning, create the production list based on kind of what we're burning through. And it's the hardest thing in the world to figure out because it's always a moving target. We, you know, we, we, we never can get, or we, we've yet to get just a smooth pattern of mm -hmm. flow, you know, so we're constantly having to measure and and recheck, and, and that's kind of what, uh, like I said, our biggest challenge, no doubt. What about supply? Do y'all have any supply issues with your, your fresh produce and products? I would say, you know, my biggest challenge is finding the freshest out there, and I've been known to go to several vendors before I'm satisfied with the absolute uh, perfection of what goes in Malco's mm -hmm. as far as the, the greens and the tomatoes because it, it, it's, it's very, very important. How do you keep the costs down? And I'm particularly wondering in the case of <coughs> Fresh Kitchen, 
and your costs have to be really high between the workforce and the brick and mortar and the kinds of ingredients that y'all use, right? Because you're not open in a Cisco can. Right, exactly. No yeah. offense to Cisco, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. It, you really just, we have to, I mean, we literally watch everything every day. So we become kind of hawks about cost and just in the kitchen, they're tracking how much they're burning through and how much cost they're burning through. We're matching that with the revenue to make sure that we kind of have a little, a little, you know, just a flow going on with that as well. Uh, it's, it's tough and, and that's kind of the, you know, the, 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 the next big thing for any kind of new business is to really be able to kind of make it over that hurdle where cost is exceeding right. revenue and to make it down that runway. That's sort of the next thing I would imagine. Yeah. Who does the taste testing for y'all's products and recipes? Aaron, do y'all try them out on the husbands? We <laughs> definitely the husbands. <laughs> they um, had an input in a, a number of the recipes. Many of our friends and family tested the recipes for us. Each recipe, would I would say, was triple, quadruple tested, um, and most by our friends and family. Our moms helped and, us and a lot. And were they honest <laughs> with you? Did they say, oh, you know what, definitely. this doesn't work so much? We got a couple yeah. bad reviews, and we either cut them or we went back to the drawing yeah. board. So, um, you know, and it wasn't that the recipe wasn't good. It was, you know, we just had to tweak and refine things. Writing recipes is not an easy feat. So no, it's really not. I Especially I ones that. that are easy to follow and... Um, you know, that come out well. And so that often the best in my kitchen is your kitchen. We'll say, oh, I just do it all in my head. I don't right. know how much I use. Well, it's, it's right. interesting that you mentioned that because one of the interesting things about Malco's is it's the exact, exact recipe every batch that mm -hmm. I do. It, it's, it's measured exactly. To a tea. It is. A and it really does taste. Right. The, I mean, the, the consistent, the, only, the quality is very good. The only inconsistencies is, you know, what I said. That the... The, the freshness of mm -hmm. the, the produce that I buy. That is one thing that I know, you know, that where you get, what type of tomato you use and what type of kale you use, that can really affect who, the outcome who as well. refined your recipe? Let when me tell you, you what, my customer base lets me know real quick if there's <laughs> too much garlic in that jar of salsa. <laughs> uh, but it, and I would say that I have to credit the incubator with helping perfect, I mean, the, the PhD and their assistants that are there with at the incubator, they have been incredible in helping the quality. I don't know if I mentioned the incubator when I in, when you joined us. You're in the LSU food incubator? I am. There's about, I believe at this point, they have about 30 clients with the food incubator. It, you know, what, when you talked about, you know, how we keep our costs down, I call them my allies and my best friends are the, the co-clients at the incubator that, that we've exchanged, you know, where do you get your labels, where do you get your jars, uh, you know, where do you shop for your for your produce, and they have been that nucleus of people at the incubator led by Gay Sandoz. It's just been That's phenomenal. Fantastic. Now, do they take an equity stake in the company at all, or they just lease you space? How does uh, we work? rent space, and mm -hmm. then they will be glad to assist you. In fact, one of the things we're working on with Malco's, although it has a shelf life these days of six to eight weeks, we're looking at maybe, you know, expanding that or trying to keep it where it's it's not refrigerated when you buy it. But that, I grew up on a refrigerated salsa all my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> I, I didn't know any different uh, when I produced Malco's. Well, 
We're going to take a little break right now and do what we call the checklist. It's that part of the show where we ask you each a quick question that you probably wouldn't find on a loan application. So, Ryan, I'll start with you. What was your first job? I actually grew up in a family business. We, My cousins and I were the fifth generation. This thing's been around over 100 years. It's still alive and well right now in Tennessee. Uh, it's a water well drilling business. I literally started out as a child working. I mean, my summers <laughs> were spent in the field working on big machines, working, drilling water wells, and uh, I couldn't be more proud of that background. And that is so very different than what you're doing now. Absolutely different, <laughs> yeah. And I learned growing up, and, and, and kind of, it's a hard, laborious job, right? Sure. And so watching the men in my family kind of get older, you quickly realize, all right, this is not something you can do for the rest of your life. And so, uh, yeah, I switched gears. I've always had a passion for food for some reason, for some crazy, I guess I Justin Wilson is probably, <laughs> uh, has something to do with that, but uh, just had a passion for food and went after it. Excellent. Aaron, what about you? Um, how much sleep do you get? Well, I used to get, um, I would average about 10 to 12 hours a night. And That's nice. um, <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, and I even did that as being an attorney. I don't know how I managed, but now I have a three month old. So and now I'm lucky if I get six to eight. But I still, somehow I've managed to adapt. I have the same amount of energy. So so you're juggling a three-month-old and, and, in, and a career as an attorney and five seasons? Yes. Wow. I am. Well, I'm impressed you get any seasons. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Malcolm, what is unusual about the culture of your company? I would say, that, you know, the answer that I would give you on that is just making sure that we produce the highest quality that we can produce and the specialized customer service from the grocery stores that we supply to the customers that we come in contact with one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's all about personal service. So before we wrap up, I'm gonna ask you all a round of two quick questions. I'll ask you each the same question and then you'll give me your answer in a, couple of set, in a couple of sentences. If there's one chef, and this can be a serious chef or a celebrity chef, or maybe just a chef who's a family friend that you all know who has inspired you, who would it be? Julia Child. Oh, that's a good answer, Malcolm. Well, actually, and I, I actually uh, trained under her. So you actually knew her? Yes. Where? Uh, Tell us where you trained Actually, we, we first lived in Longview, Texas, and there was a small cooking school in Longview, Texas, and they brought in world-renowned chefs for a week at a time to do cooking classes. So I've actually trained under Julia Child, Wolfgang Puck, uh, you, you know, Jacques Pepin. So really some of the more famous world chefs. What about you, Ryan? Who's you know, your inspirational <laughs> chef? <laughs> it's funny because I grew up watching Justin Wilson in Tennessee. Okay. Grew up watching. But Justin he's a Louisiana Wilson product, on PBS, right? right? And oh, so funny. Grew, yeah. Grew up watching him and just fell in love with that persona, I guess. And That's so he was a huge inspiration in terms of me. I, I, I think even just being geared towards the, the, the culinary world, you know? Um, Chef John Foss has been a huge impact on, on me and my business partner. Um, um, my my co-owner uh, and partner, Chef Daniel Dreer, he, he trained under a guy in uh, St. Louis, uh, which his name's Brian, I forget his last name, his name's Brian, and he was trained under Thomas Kelleher. So he's got tremendous background or tra training, kind of what you're talking about, coming down a lineage of some incre some incredible chefs, you know. Interesting, and and we didn't really talk about your your partner Daniel, but you all work collaboratively on the menus, on the food, everything. Or do you handle more the business end and let him 
handle the kitchen. Yeah, I mean, so the day-to-day, he runs the kitchen, I run the stores and the business. And so that's, it's a beautiful combination because we, 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 we're best friends first and foremost. And we've, we've kind of just created this, this bond where we can trust each other. We've both got it. And, but, yeah, every menu item that we work on, it's, it starts with he and I coming up with an idea, and it's a test three or four times to make sure we can get the combination of the flavor and the nutrition balanced into the meal. And then he executes, and you get it in the stores right. and get people yeah. to buy it. And he's one of the best executors you'll ever meet in your life. Excellent. Aaron, who's the chef who has inspired you the most? I've got to say Chef John Foles as well. He wrote the foreword for our book, and I just love the way his book, After the Hunt, the way he treats the Louisiana game in so differently. And he's got a book about vegetables coming out, and I just I think he's wonderful. He's done Louisiana justice. And Okay, so let me ask you all this. What will it take to get your company where you want it to be, say, in three years? And I guess the, the part of that question is, where do you want it to be in three years? And then what will it take to get there, Malcolm? I want Malcos to be so famous that somebody's going to walk up to me one day and hand me a million-dollar <laughs> check and say, I want to buy the recipe. <laughs> but actually, that, that has actually happened. Well, the, uh, there's a salad dressing that that actually happened to at a Covington Farmer's Market. Really? That would be my dream. But as I said, I've learned that it's the balance between you know, large production and quality. Right. Uh, and I see being in more farmers markets and also inspiring other companies to do farm to table activities. Yeah, that's that's great. And so you're not trying to get too giant on your own. I mean, Absolutely you'd either want to sell it's it all or about personal service. keep it manageable for now. Ryan, what about you? I mean, from an for us, from an operational standpoint, it's it's to, it's it's distribution. We we set out to or when we set out, we really committed ourselves to pricing our meals so that they're fair for the customer and fair for us, which means our margins are a little bit tighter than, than the normal you know, normal restaurant. And so for us, it's a distribution game. So three years down the road, we'd like to have more distribution. Um, as Mr. Malcolm was saying, you know, the customer service side of it, that's that's another aspect that we want to stay just so so local and tied on. So we don't want to be this big conglomerate. You know, we, we just want to be a successful business that provides good food to South Louisiana. And the two know? stores are going well. It's only been about a month since they the are. second one opened. They but are, yeah. It's, they're both busy. I mean, they're both really busy every day of the week, which is a great thing. And you didn't find that you cannibalized from your existing location when you opened number two? Not as much as I thought we would. I really thought we would see a big, you know, a, a larger drop than we have. But it's been, that just goes to show you a little bit of the, the traffic congestion that we face here in Baton <laughs> <laughs> Rouge. And maybe the demand for your markets. products. Yeah. Exactly. Aaron, what <clears> about <throat> you? Where do you want to be in three <clears throat> years and what will it take to get there? Three years from now, I hope we are kicking off the release of our second book and hopefully either a line of products or seasoning to go with it. To get there, I think we just need to focus on getting this book in front of people because it really is a wonderful product, whether you put it on your coffee table or use it in your kitchen. Um, I think that's about it. We'll just be traveling across the country. Okay, great. Well, Ryan McNeil, Aaron Nugent, and Malcolm Young, it's been great to visit with you all today here at Mansur, surrounded by great food, and to hear about your success in food-related business ventures. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you, Steph. It was good fun. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Ryan McNeil of Fresh Kitchen, Aaron Nugent of Five Seasons, and Malcolm Young of Malco's Magnificent Salsa. You can find out more about Fresh Kitchen, The Five Seasons, and Malco's Magnificent Salsa by following the links on our websites, wrkf.org and itsbatonrouge.la. 
Today's show was recorded live over lunch at Mansur's on the Boulevard in Baton Rouge. Mansur's is open for lunch daily from 11 to 2, for dinner nightly, and for brunch on Saturdays and Sundays. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Peter Raschuti. And our Baton Rouge business consultants are Charlie D'Agostino and Ann Edelman. You can see photos from this show on itsbatonrouge.la and on our Facebook page. These photos are taken by Ken Stewart. Mitch Foreman wrote and performed all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's new album, Puzzle, is out now, and you can find out more about that at mitchellforeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast, you can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf.org. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsbatonrouge.la and wrkf 89.3 FM. I'm Stephanie Regal. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Mansur's for more business Baton Rouge style on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker. Established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S. Providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com and by Business First Bank, with locations throughout the state, including 11 offices in the Baton Rouge area, providing personal and commercial banking, treasury management, and wealth solution services to help clients succeed. Business First Bank, banking with greater momentum at b1bank.com.